So March 13th, 2016, I watched that documentary, which led to a ton of other documentaries. I remember in one of them, I saw T. Colin Campbell goes on a daily run. Uh, Coldwell Esselstyn um, from the Cleveland Clinic goes on a daily bike ride. These guys are well into their, you know, their 80s. Blew my mind. And in an instant, I decided I want to be like that. You know, I loved my grandparents and I wish they were still around. I really wish they were still around. And I just think, imagine if they had a known. Welcome to the Eat Green, Make Green podcast. I'm your host, Pat McCauley. This podcast is all about celebrating the lives of those who have adopted a plant-based or vegan lifestyle and how it has positively impacted their health, relationships, outlook on life, and so much more. For more episodes and information about the benefits of living a plant-based or vegan lifestyle, visit eatgreenmakegreen.com. All right, welcome back or welcome to the Eat Green, Make Green podcast. I vowed a while ago to keep the intro short. I've been doing a horrible job. I'm going to get back to doing that. Uh, So here we go. This episode is with uh, Matt Davey. Uh, He is a Boston guy. He is the host of the new Veg Talk podcast, uh, which I was recently on and uh, will come out soon. Uh, He's a photographer, uh, and he's just an all-around great dude. We met through his girlfriend, Anna Alakon, who we've had uh, on the podcast previously. I forget what episode, but somewhere in the 20s early on. She's amazing. Uh, Anna goes fit on Instagram. Um, So, uh, yeah, take a listen to Matt's journey. I'm going to try to do a better job of just letting the episode uh, tell the story instead of me doing it ahead of time. So without further ado, the one and only Matt Davey. All right, Matt Davey in the house. That's you are, you're the second official uh, podcast in the beer hall, in the Rewild Beer Hall. That is a mess right now. <laughs> that, is a, that is a construction site right now. Still an honor to be here, dude. Number <laughs> yeah. two in the beer hall. Happy to, yeah. happy to have that tag. Yeah, 100%. And uh, yeah, so for people listening, we connected uh, recently, uh, did a podcast for a podcast you started called Veg Talk. Yep which is in the works and um, sounds like it's going to be super cool and just another platform to share stories like, like this right here. Yep. And, um, and uh, yeah, for people listening, uh, your girlfriend is uh, Anna Alarcon. Is that how you say it? I'm not even very good at pronouncing <laughs> it, man. Yeah, yeah. I'll get in trouble for that, but it's Alarcon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so Anna, Anna goes fit on Instagram. Um, she, she was... Uh, one of the early guests on my podcast too, so that's yep. sort of how we we connected and um, yeah, just fired up because we obviously met recently, did an episode for yours, but it was kind of all about you know my story, right? And we didn't really get into your story and sort of your you know your journey. So I'm I'm yeah. fired up and uh, glad we're doing this. Psyched to be here, dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, let's go back. Obviously. Um, you're you're not from the U.S. originally. No, no I'm not. <laughs> which, if you can tell by I the think accent, everybody can hear. Yeah. 
Uh, so yeah, man, give it, give us a little background in, in uh, life growing up and where you're from and stuff. All right. So I was born in Adelaide, Australia. Um, only lived there for about the first three years of my life. So I don't really have any recollection of you know, growing up there, still follow all the sports teams in Adelaide and stuff. Where, whereabouts I, is that? That's so, just not a common, uh, is that a town, small town? or No, no, Adelaide, Adelaide is one of the major cities, capital cities of Australia. Really? Okay. Um, so basically the center of Australia, it's the southern state. So South Australia is a state, Adelaide is the capital of South Australia. Gotcha. Um, so I was born there. Lived my first three years in Adelaide. Um, one of my first memories is when we were in Adelaide. So we used to have a chicken coop out the back. Um, and, you know, we'd collect the eggs and, you know, have them in the, in the fridge. Yeah. And my first, one of my first memories is bringing eggs to the fridge and dropping one. So that's all I've got from Adelaide. <laughs> that's it. Dropped one, started crying. You know how it goes. Yeah. yeah. So that was that's one of my first memories. But we moved to Melbourne, which is southeast Australia, um, capital of Victoria, one of the more popular places people tend to go to. It's either Sydney or Melbourne is typically what. Yeah, I, th- I think that's it. I think admittedly those are the only two t- <laughs> you know, major cities I know in Australia. Yeah. You've got some work to do on the <laughs> geography then, man. Um, so yeah, moved to Melbourne. Um, yeah, pretty. What I you know everyone says. So are you are you only child? You have siblings? Like what's 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 the uh, family sort of dynamic? Younger brother. Yeah. Mum and dad. Pretty, you know, pretty small. I know we spoke about your family, and it's it's a large, um, you know, you got a lot of kids in the in the family. So, I'm assuming our our childhoods were a little bit different. I think both born in 1990, you and me, yeah. but we would have had very different um, upbringings. So, yeah, I was the first, the first one. Um, my younger brother Sam, he's two years younger than me. Um, yeah, so. What I would, you know, suburban Melbourne, out, out, you know, southeast suburbs of Melbourne, growing up, you know, what I would just call like a pretty standard childhood, you know? We, yeah. Um, and what's, what sort of, what, what's lifestyle like growing up? You playing sports, you active, like what are you into? Super active as a kid. I think mum and dad struggled to keep a ball out of my, me and my brother's hands you know, playing cricket in the driveway, um, playing footy inside. They hated that. They hated is footy, all that. Is that like hacky sack footy? No, footy. So footy is Aussie rules football. Oh, okay. So that's like our, I suppose, the most popular sport in Australia. Um, it's so Aussie rules. So football. It, it, it's what what we call soccer. Yeah. No. But different. No. Okay. No. Well, so I get this. that a lot here. I get that a lot. <laughs> so it's not soccer. It's not rugby. It's not American football, obviously. Um, it's completely unique. Sport. To Australia? Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's not really professionally played anywhere else but Australia. Wow. Okay. So go check it out on YouTube. Yeah, man. I'm learning right now. I didn't know yeah. that. All right. Sick sport. Um, but yeah, growing up, I played, I played soccer as a, as a junior uh, for about five years. I uh, played footy, Aussie rules for mm-hmm. three years, grew up playing tennis. We were surrounded by tennis courts. Um, 
where I was growing up, probably four or five different tennis clubs yeah, cool. around um, our home. So I played tennis for a long time. I played baseball. I played cricket. Um, all for clubs. Yeah, did a, did a fair bit. I yeah. was pretty active, um, pretty active kid growing up. Yeah. yeah and, you, and are you thinking, are you like eating healthy? Like what's, what's your mindset when it comes to like diet and how it, how it's relating to sports and things like that? So as a kid, honestly, I just loved eating, loved food. I was always skinny. So I personally never had to deal with any weight issues. Yeah. I'd eat, eat the house down. Always mm. had a massive appetite. Um, and definitely didn't make the connection between like food and health as crazy as that sounds to me now. I just didn't have the connection because for me it was, you know, whatever was put in front of me, I'd eat a lot. My body didn't change that much. Yeah. And I was still running around. Yeah. You know, like you're, yeah, you're, you're, you're at, at the age where you're an active dude. You're kind of like a naturally thinner dude too and you're just eating whatever and and not thinking about it right that's that's it i did not piece it together uh at all uh and to answer your question it's it's what we thought was healthy yeah right especially under the guidance of mum and dad you know before i'm starting to make my own money and pay for my own food and have a little having a little bit more freedom under the guidance of mum and dad you know, they were doing what, you know, the, the whole population think yeah. is, a, is a healthy diet. So it involved, you know, my typical breakfast growing up was wheat bix. So it's like these wheat flake biscuits. Mm-hmm. Um, not such a bad thing until yeah. I'm tipping the butter and the, the cow's cream milk. cheese on it. No, yeah. no, they're oh, like, yeah. it's like a cereal. Oh, okay, gotcha. So, okay. I'm not sure if you've got the same thing here. Yeah, we, we have like Wheaties. And Wheaties, like, yeah, we yeah. call them Wheat Bix. Okay, yeah. So, you know, that... Pour some milk in. Exactly. Yeah. Pour some milk in. That's my breakfast. Yep. Dad ate that. I ate that. Um, and I, I was happy doing that. Uh, weekends, typically bacon and eggs. It's just yep. so, so common. Yep. Um, at home. Bacon and eggs on toast. Sausages, maybe. You know, it's kind of like a, uh, a weekend thing for us. Uh, and yeah, I don't know. Animal foods would, would throughout the diet. Yeah. And it, yeah. So, I mean, you're, you're explaining, you know, the standard American diet too here. And, yeah. And uh, yeah, that's very much normal. And even when you think, like I was the same deal, you know, eggs and bacon or eggs and toast for breakfast or, you know, or, or cereal of some kind, I mean... Yeah, it's just so normal, not a second thought. That's what you thought was healthy. Chicken yep. sandwich you thought was healthy, like all these yep. all these things. So um, at what point, so you go to, do you go to uh, college university in um, yeah, so, Australia? Yeah, um, so went to, you know, high school, college um, yep. in Australia. Yep. So again, it's, it, it's a little bit different for us on the way it all works. Um, you know, you went to college locally, right? Yeah. A lot of people don't. A lot of people move here, I understand. They, you know... Yeah, a lot of people come from around the world to go to college here, yeah. 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 So, for us, I had a job. My first job was 15. Yeah. So, start earning my own money. 
start having a little bit more freedom around around food at least that's probably where my health started not visibly decline but thinking back that's where i started to make more lazy choices with food you know meat pies mcdonald's when you started working and buying your own just having that freedom you know no one's really watching over me yep um so probably more of that crept into the diet um so that's all through high school i'm working it's it's common i'm not sure about here but um i've had a job since i was 15 like Mm -hmm. employed since i was 15 um and then off to to university at the age of 18 yep i think yeah so similar similar here in four years four years i did a four-year course yeah i did a double degree it was a four-year course um a, a regular bachelor's degree undergrad in australia is three years yep um and I went 30-minute drive down the road um, to <clears throat> Monash University in Frankston. Um, and yeah, I did what a... Were, yeah, I, what were you studying? Did a double degree in... Um, it was called... It was like a double degree in commerce is, is one half and sport and outdoor recreation was the other half. Cool. I majored in accounting on one side and then the sport outdoor recreation part was it was geared towards teaching mm-hmm. didn't love that aspect because i didn't think i was going to be a teacher at any point in my life but I, we got to go on camps we got to go you know kayaking hiking yeah um canoeing sounds like sounds so, like a good major love that <laughs> love yeah. that half of it um and i thought the accounting was going to make me the money yeah, yeah. you know that's where that's why I was doing it. Yeah. Again, not much thought went into it. Looking back, you yeah. know, poor decisions it's, because it's, it's, it's yeah. racking up some debt. And yeah, d- yeah. <laughs> totally. But it's one of those things like the fact that like we have to like here in the US and Australia too, it sounds like that you got to like choose that path at 18. Nobody knows what the hell they want to do at 18. You know, it's like such a hard thing. And, and you like look back at, at it like I don't use my college degree. You know, it's like, I, I honestly probably wish I didn't waste the money, you know, and just yeah. started something or, or, um, but yeah. Uh, so, so after college, uh, you know, what happens and when you eventually come to us, I mean, when does, when does all this, this happen? So I suppose the interesting thing for me as well, mm-hmm. bef- before we go on yeah. is, um, so from being like an active teenage, like young teenager, um, once I finished high school, so 18 years old, the, the competitive sport completely dropped off um, and in crept other things like, you know, the, the drinking, uh, drugs, mm. um, all became the new norm yeah. for me moving forward i smoke cigarettes believe it or not like, really yeah um and i say that because i look at you now and you're yeah. like you know fit crystal clear like in the eyes yeah. you know what i mean so yeah. i just I, I i don't see i don't see that you know what i mean you know yeah. poor decision again yeah. um but that became the new norm um yeah it's uh, i also had a lot of i suppose built up anxiety with university i wasn't very good at 
um, managing my time, mm. really bad at managing my time, leave everything to the last minute. Uh, and that usually meant, you know, cramming in 3,000 word essays the night before, deck of cigarettes, yep. energy drinks um, yep. at my desk at home. Um, do they have like, do they have like Ritalin over there? Like ADD, like in the U S it was big, like kids in college and I'm sure they still do it. But when I was in college, like kids would, you know, take ADD pills and crush them up, snort them and be up all night, like cramming. You didn't know? have that. Yeah. Didn't have Honestly, that. Honestly hadn't heard of it. Um, I've now heard of it and what it's meant to keep you basically on task for yeah, an extended like, period of time. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, I think it's a ridiculous medication. Like, yeah. you know, we're not, you know, meant to sit down all day. And, you know, when you put a kid in the classroom for eight hours a day and he's, you know, determined to be ADD in quotes, mm. like attention deficit disorder is what we call it here. Yep. Same. Um, and then we give him pills that like knocks down his personality and is made to help, help him. Fo- I mean, it's just, it's just ridiculous. Like the, the kid needs to move or he just needs to be taught differently. Or I, I don't believe ADD is a real thing. I think there's other things that contribute to that. And just the fact that an energetic kid is not supposed to be sitting on his ass for eight hours a day, listening to boring stuff about like history and stuff that just doesn't relate to life. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so yeah. I think there's like a, the, it's, it's a major problem in the U S like, you know, it's one of the more prescribed drugs in our country. And, uh, yeah. you know, kids are, like, essentially taking, like, uh, you know, it's, like, for a lot of people, when they combine it with alcohol, it's, like, it's like taking cocaine. Crazy. Um, it, it's madness, yeah. To, you so, know, if, you, got, if, you, just, you didn't have that. <laughs> didn't have it, but I tell you what, yeah. like, if it you was were trying, available. Yeah, you were trying everything, yeah. If it was available, I'm sure it would have been popular in Australia. Yeah. Uh, but it just wasn't a thing, at least in the university I was at. But yeah, I was just really poor with managing my time. It stressed, stressed me out. You know, smoking 20 cigarettes a day, yeah. energy drinks, poor diet, not a lot of exercise during my time at university. Are you still staying thin and stuff, though, for the most part? You kind of have that build, you know? We call it like a, what is it, a, a toffee. Thin on the outside, fat on the inside. Yeah. I was probably a you know a toffee if, yeah. if we're gonna call skinny it fat. skinny yeah, fat skinny is what fat we call it in the- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah pretty much man like skinny fat dude yeah um so yeah through those years 18 to i don't know even after college getting employed full-time job 18 to 23 24 yeah toffee yeah. yeah bit of a gut bit of a belly but still wiry frame yeah 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 yeah, man. So, uh, so what are you doing for work after college? So I finished college. You're still in Australia. You you stay and, and yep, work a little there, bit. Yep, still there. Still there. Took me took me five years to do a four year degree. Mm-hmm. Um, so failed some subjects. Went overseas for six months. Studied in England. Um, you know, health health habits didn't get any better over there. If not, they were exacerbated. Yeah. You know. Um, but yeah, finished in five years, so this is probably 20, 2013 or 2012. Yeah. Um, and I was working for a company that made accounting software. So I, my grades weren't fantastic, so getting into like the, 
the real accounting, um, you know, applying th- the big four firms, the mid-tier firms, didn't, I think I got through, I got to the last interview at one organisation, didn't get the job, it was me, between me and someone else, and when I got to the interview, I vividly remember this, the interview was so relaxed, it seemed like they'd already made up their mind. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, didn't get the job there. Um, ended up working for a company full-time that I'd been doing some part-time work for um, while I was at university. Accounting software. So it was like a 401k accounting software. Yep. Gotcha. I was in the customer support team. You needed to have some kind of accounting background to help customers with their problems because it was all spreadsheet related you know why does this number not fit here why am i calculating this number when it should be you know yeah very boring did my head in you know that that was the beginning of the nine to five kind of life for me again i vividly remember driving home on fridays just frustrated in traffic um, and straight to the bottle shop. Mm. That was the release. Yep. Friday, Friday, you know, nights, get some mates around at ours or go hang out at someone else's house, but it was, you know, get, Friday and Saturday right. night, getting yeah. hammered, and yeah. I was probably one to get, I was probably one to get too drunk. Yeah. You know, I would drink pretty heavily. Um, there would you know, drugs every now and again as well. Yeah. It was just the norm again. Yeah. And a release from that Monday to Friday kind of life. Yeah, so so you're so you're on this track, right? So how long are you at the accounting job? So you're you're on this kind of track of just, you know, this this cycle of, you know, work get wrecked, work, you know, just, just kind of plugging away, right? You're in this that sort of it. unhealthy cycle at the time. I mean, yep. <clears throat> what changes and, and when and, and why? So that was definitely the cycle. Um, at the, so I worked for that accounting um, software place for about a year in total, 12 months. Um, and then I went to travel Europe with some friends for about six, seven months. Nice. And that was at the, that was nearly, that was over five years ago now. That was May 2013. Um, We went off to Europe. Yeah, about six, seven months, I think. Yeah, that's Um, awesome. Yeah, it was sick. That's cool. That's cool. You got to do that. Had an amazing. And how many? How many different? I mean, did you pretty much cover most of Europe, or? We did a lot of countries. I think. Yeah. We would have racked up. 10, 15 yeah, in cool. the time, I'm cool. assuming. In total, I've traveled a fair bit as well. So I think I've done 20 plus countries around the world, um, which is, yeah, I've, I've loved that part of it. Love seeing the world, always love traveling. Um, that kind of spurred my um, interest in photography as well, mm. uh, which is something I do on the side here. Uh, so... Yeah, great time, no complaints. Spent a lot of money on, yeah. unfortunately, and, on booze yeah, and Yeah, I was going to say, there's no way, like, you're traveling through Europe not... No. You know, you're probably even drinking more. I mean, I know I, I know I would be if I was just kind of in that vacation mode for six months. It, 
it probably, I, I don't envision myself doing it a healthy way. <laughs> no, maybe now I would, but now I definitely, my, my 23 year old self, no way. No, nah, no way. Yeah. It definitely in that mindset, it wasn't happening. Um, yeah, probably the drinking got heavier. Mm. Um, you know, this is every day, really. Mm. You know, there's, there's alcohol every day. The food definitely wasn't good. If you look at photos before I left uh, to after I left, uh, sorry, before I left home to basically the last weeks of the Europe trip, yeah. the, the change in my face especially, uh, yeah. in my neck and my cheeks, quite bloated. Mm. It's probably the, the biggest I got. Um, so after that, before I left home, by the way, I'd already had a visa set up in the U.S. So I knew I was coming to the U.S. Okay, and, and so it was a was it like you were you're gonna plan on come work over here or working yeah. holiday visa? So um, yeah, I'd planned that already. Knew I was coming. By the end of the Europe trip, didn't have a lot of money, uh, and I landed in New York City with some friends. It was November 2013. Um, so we did a two Landed week in New York with no money, dude. That's a, <laughs> that's not a good place to land. <laughs> when I say no money, it yeah. wasn't as much as I would have liked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so totally. we, we'd already lined up the accommodation that was already paid for. Yeah. It was two weeks in New York city. Awesome time. Um, loved it. Then came to Boston with the same people for a week. Looked at my bank account. I think there was $2,000 left. Mm. And I thought, well, if I want to stay in the US for the next 13 months, I better stop traveling. You know, said, catch you later to, to my other crew members. And they went off, you know, I planned to go with them for as long as I could. Yeah. Turns out it wasn't that long, but they had a, a trip lined up, DC, uh, Miami, New Orleans, Vegas, yeah. LA, San Fran. Um, so I didn't get to do any of that, but... So, so the, the bank account's getting low and that, that's how you sort of, had you like thought about Boston prior to leaving Australia or was it just like, that's where kind of the ball stopped for you? A little bit of both. Yeah. Um, I remember being in New York those two weeks thinking, oh, how could I live anywhere else? This is amazing. This place yeah. is awesome. But by the time I got to Boston, I realized it was a little bit smaller, easier to get around. I thought it might be an easier place to find a place and a job. Mm. So I ended up choosing Boston over New York the next week. Yeah. So you successfully find a job and a place? I made a deal with myself. Mm. So I looked at the bank account. To me, that was pretty scary, you know, in a new country, solo at this point on my own. Um, and I made a deal. I booked myself in a hostel for a week and you've got a week to find a job and a place to stay or or it's back to australia was um, that the, was that the i hadn't thought that far ahead yeah it was yeah. basically <laughs> this is gonna yeah. happen i'm gonna get it done Love um, it. Yeah. and yeah found a month-to-month -month rental in east boston um with some russian people <laughs> uh they were they were pretty nice people um you know took care of me in the beginning, not a lot of cash, no possessions. I had a backpack, that was it. Yeah. Um, and then got a job in sales. So that got me away from the accounting. Yeah. Um, and this was a new line of work for me. So 
Sales was actually a good fit, I thought. Yeah. I talk a lot. Um, an Aussie accent in America goes a long way. Yeah, yeah. He, he comes, it, it does come across as, like, friendlier, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Then, like, a, then somebody hearing a Boston or New York, New York accent. Easy icebreaker. Easy. You know? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. if I'm ringing up with a... <laughs> with a full-on Boston accent compared to the Aussie one, I'm sure the you know the immediate reaction is is different. But that got me on the, on the sales track. Yeah, and what are you selling? Uh, electricity. Yep. Yep. So this is kind of where Anna comes in. Okay. Yeah. So we went down to New York to do some product training, uh, and she was the person training me. So you know we were doing product training. Um, so this is before she has made her jump to doing what she does now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, this is, I suppose there's a, a little bit in between us, quite a bit, probably a year to two years, yeah. year and a half, between us meeting and her jumping into her thing. Um, so, yeah, we did the sales for a bit, uh, met her, things went well, and, yeah. you know, we... we we got along really well, and um, that was a, after a week in, in New York. Yeah. Uh, and then we just dated back and forth between New York, New York and Boston. Yep. Um, and I think she just got, she got sick of the back and forth and was kind of like, what are we doing? Mm. You know, is this, is this going to, are we going to take it seriously or yeah. are, we gonna, are we just going to call it quits? And we decided to take it serious. She moved to Boston. Uh, we moved into a different apartment with a uh, with a guy I was living with at the time. He wanted to move as well, so we got a two bedroom in East Boston again, uh, and the rest is history. But yeah. yeah, so so you guys must have sort of simultaneously together somehow ventured into the plant based. So how did how did how did this, and did it start to form when you guys first met, or was, was she, like, I'm trying to, like, remember her story and, and intertwine the two, but was she into, like, health and fitness at the time, or did you guys kind of both at the same time, sort of? No, like, we were probably, we were both pretty out of shape when we met, Yeah. and that continued for a little while. Mm. Um, we didn't have a lot of cash, we were eating pretty poorly, there was always, like, these 80 cent frozen pizzas we'd get from Shaw's. Yeah. You know, they were a staple, eggs still. Yep. Um, PBRs mm-hmm. in the fridge. Yep. You know, that was pretty, we were eating pretty poorly. That was pretty like, that's probably the worst it got really. Yeah. Uh, in terms of our nutrition and health. I was still smoking. Yep. Um, Dude, this is, this is, <laughs> this blows my mind. Like knowing yeah. you both now. Yeah. This blows my mind. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, um, it was definitely, so it was probably, <clears throat> I seem to remember it being like October 14. Mm-hmm. So we'd been living in the new place for a, a few months, four or five months, I think. And Anna just wasn't happy with, with where she was at from a, from a health standpoint. Mm. Um, so she was working in finance at that point, um, but just decided, I think, you know, let's start shopping at the farmer's market. I think it was something as simple as that. Yeah. It was pretty cheap at Haymarket, still is. It's a good place to get fruit and veg if, yeah. you know, if you don't want to be in a Whole Foods or in a, in a Trader Joe's. 
Um, we were there for a long time. We were still buying, you know, we were buying our chicken from there. We were buying yeah. steak from there, eggs, salmon. We were still eating the whole, you know, the whole lot. Um, but just way more vegetables got into the diet. So I think we both came, we dropped weight together um, just through. Just, just with like a conscious effort to like. Eat more veg. Yeah, basically. eat more veg. Yeah. That was it. But we were nowhere near. Um, we yeah. were n- not even, plant-based was not on the radar. Yeah, right. Um, and I, I was still, we were both probably, but I was still that, you know, seafood, eat food. Yeah. Kind of guy. Yep. Eat everything, you know, no no fuss. I was easy to please when it came to came to eating. Um so yeah, we shopped there for a while. She was getting really into the the BBG guides. I think she might have might have told you on mm. on the podcast when she was on. So it's this guide that's done by an Australian girl, Kayla Tsinis. <clears throat> uh she's like a super famous um, person now uh, she's grown her brand really well um, but she was on on those guides pretty strict um, and yeah she was doing a really good job um, and I was pretty lazy you know yeah. I, I was working a lot um, eating a lot still smoking it's, it is hard to believe uh, but from memory we, we started to watch more documentaries around food. Yeah. Got the conversation going at least. There was one called That Sugar Film. I wouldn't recommend it. Um, but it, it started... It, it, it planted the seed to start thinking more critically about exactly what you were eating. Exactly. Yeah. So it took us a long way to get there, I suppose. But that's what started the conversation at home. Um, and then things started to change uh, probably late 2015. So we'd probably been shopping at the farmer's market for a year. Um, and I, I seem to recall like Food Inc., mm-hmm. that documentary, starting to spark more conversation around like, oh, where's the chicken coming from? Where's the, um, the steak coming from? Mm. Where are the eggs coming from? Where's the fish coming from? And I remember going back to the farmer's market that week and going to the butcher um, and saying, hey, where do, you know, where do you get your chicken? Is your steak grass-fed? And he said, oh, the grass-fed stuff tastes like shit. Mm. You know, this is corn-fed. And at that point, with the knowledge we had, we were like, no, we don't want to eat the corn-fed cows yeah we will, the gmo corn fed yeah, cows, yeah we'll get rid of that um oh sorry the first thing was the chicken i brought it home and i just remember holding it up and looking at it and it was discolored and huge mm-hmm. and just thinking i've seen chickens before and there is no way in hell that the breast meat that i'm holding came from a regular chicken like this chicken must have been gigantic yeah so that went the chicken then the meat conversation came with the butcher uh we decided to try like a grass-fed steak and basically by way of economics after one week of that we decided not to because it was just too expensive for the portions we were getting so the meat went um next um 
and we were left with basically left with we were still eating eggs cheese and salmon mm. um so we went on you know that route for a little a little longer yeah. um and anna started talking about like oh should we call ourselves like pescatarian or um you know stuff like that and i'm like no no yeah. No labels. No labels. Yeah. In- this is just what we're eating. Yeah. I don't want to label ourselves. I don't want to put ourselves in a box. Um, and she was like, all right, all right. Um, but I think like, you know, we should be called this. Or like, I remember she said, she said, my, my boss thinks that one day we'll become vegan. Mm. Um, something like that. And I was like, don't be silly. Like, yeah. I'm not going to be a vegan. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Looking back, that that conversation probably happened not too long before the final. So what, what was the final straw? Was it like you're eating it and not feeling well, or like is it another documentary? What, what's the final kicker there? That's interesting. So I probably it wasn't a fact. I did started to notice notice some things with my body. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't gaining weight or anything like that. I was actually in pretty good shape, but I had some like fungal kind of red sore just on my chest um, that we were concerned about. Went and got a cream for it. You know, yeah, as yeah. you do, you go to the doctor, they give you a cream. And also my toenails on one foot. Disgusting. You know, we may as well be... Again, some sort of fungal thing. Yeah. yeah. So we may as well get it all out there. But they were the only health concerns that were visible for me yeah. uh, on the outside of my body. Um, and yeah, that was leading into it. And our knowledge and decision-making and an understanding of the food system and what we're putting into our bodies was all kind of taking effect. Yeah. You know, we were slowly getting there, but it, it was all starting to shape our opinion. Anna went out one night, had an event, something like that. I stayed at home. As you do, you kind of pop the laptop open and start f- scrolling through Netflix and I found a documentary called Plant Pure Nation. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and it's, it's one I actually, I re-watched it a couple of days ago because I just wanted to see what it was like again. See it's, if Col- I could... it's Colin T. Campbell and his son, right? Yep. Yeah, T. Yeah. Colin Campbell and his son. Yeah. Um, mainly his son, Nelson. Um, he does a lot in the film. Um, but I watched it the other day just to kind of get back into it and and see what the trigger might have been, um, see if I could get into that mindset of like, yeah. you know, someone seeing this information for, for the, the first, first time. time. Yeah. But I just distinctly remember not long into the, not long into the film, texting Anna saying, we're going vegan. And that caught her completely off guard. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm basically against labels, yeah. I'm against pigeonholing ourselves like that and I've just gone out and said yeah we're going vegan yeah. and she's like when? I'm like tomorrow you know like and you now did. and you did oh yeah yeah and we did and I rewatched it and I think the, the first things in the film show a lot of um, the corruption around the food system you know the dairy industry put their foot in one thing the meat industry put their foot in another um, sugar eggs whatever they've all got their hands in the studies that are meant to be proving that you know this standard american diet in moderation is healthy um and i started to get pissed Mm -hmm. 
you know, and, and a lot of questions, just so many questions. Oh, yeah, man, it, it's happened to me too. Like in, in, when you, you know, go out of your way and do the research and you, like for me, like a big thing was like learning how to read nutrition studies Yep. and everyone you read, you know, looking at who funded it and finding mm-hmm. out the doctors involved and, you know, or, or the scientists involved, I should say, and their relation to, you know, if they're on the payroll of the egg right. board or, or, you know, big dairy companies or whatever. And uh, you start to make the connections and you're like, okay, well, that study's bullshit. Or they take a study that compares eggs to butter. And yep. then they, the outcome and all the articles about the studies says that eggs are the healthiest food on the planet. Mm-hmm. But they compared it to butter and like... Or Big Mac. Yeah, or Big Mac. And, and so when you, when you see the actual studies that all these articles, you know, say that, you know, meat's good for you or whatever, or processed mm-hmm. meats or whatever is good for you, like you really have to go look at that study and determine for yourself. Now, a lot of them will even take like one little sentence from the study mm-hmm. and like that's what that's what happens all the time still with like coconut oil and stuff and all these they, they just take little lines from the study that and, and you don't even know what that food was compared to who funded it whatever but it's just a mess and so misleading yep um that y- you just can't look at articles by you know the daily news and all these kind of like you know Media well, outlets. Yeah, media yeah. outlets. You have to like do the research on your own if you want the truth, and the truth is is plant-based, man. And the sad yeah. thing is that who, who actually wants to read in-depth scientific yeah, exactly. journals? Like it, it's not something the general population want to do. Yeah. We'd rather see the headline, grab the headline, and run with it. But also, and on top of that, we, if we, you know, hear something that says bacon's bad for you, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, ah, damn, like, you know, you, you see a, maybe a, a study or whatever that concludes that. Then, you, you know, you get on, you, you Google all the things about bacon. Then you find 100 articles that say, relax, bacon's good for you, right? And uh, it's, it's, we also like to hear that, the bad things we are doing, um, it's good, okay to do. The good news about our bad habits. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So it only takes like a few studies to cast doubt on that maybe legitimate study that you just found out about. Um, but then, you know, some blogger or, you know, news outlet casts cast doubt on it and that's all you need. You're like, whew, all right, I'm good. Yeah. I can still have my bacon and egg. You it's know? the confusion. Yeah. So what do they call it? It's like the tobacco playbook. Exactly. Cast, cast out. Yeah. So yeah, for, you know, 20, 30 years, tobacco industry did it successfully. They, they, you know, just cast a doubt. That's all you need to do is put like the doubt in there. Well, no, you know, you just need to get the consumer thinking, nah, there isn't enough data. No, no, you know, these people over here that smoke, they, you know, live on, you know, that's all you need to do for most people. And for people that don't want to change their habits, that's all they need to hear. Yeah, that's, yeah. and you know, I think everyone that's now on the on the plant based side of things, we've all been there. So I, I completely understand. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. And probably one of the things that I I regret this is, and it was it was hard not to do it looking back, but after watching that, my 
perception of age really changed. I really had a, I really thought that once you hit 60s, 70s, and especially 80s, you know, you were destined to be in a nursing home. It's, it's, it's genetic if you're going to be yeah. still walking around. Yeah, that's how my grandpa was. That's how my dad was. This is how it is. Exactly. So um, my dad's dad passed away before I was born, um, like a fair, fair bit before I was born, I think. Um, I believe heart disease. Uh, and then my mum's parents, both cancer. Mm-hmm. And they were early 70s. Um, and I, I really remember, and it could have been, after watching Plant Pure Nation, by the way, I just started eating this information yeah. in the form of documentaries, books. Couldn't stop. Mm. I was just intrigued by it all and how I'd lived 26 years of my life. Hadn't heard it once. Mm. You know, I thought this should be on the front page of the New York Times. Yeah. Everyone should know this. Why don't we know this? Yep. Legitimate questions I had. Called dad, I think the next day, when, when the time zones matched, mm. um, calling, calling home. Dad, this is insane. Mm. I've just watched this documentary. You know, you, you don't have to take the cholesterol pill. It's easy. You just switch it with, with food. Mm. How fucking cool is that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I was like, yep. they're not listening. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Couldn't believe it. Yeah. Friends at work. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing, right? It's like it's fallen on deaf ears. Why, why aren't people surprised? Why aren't people willing to, to take this information on? So that really had me dumbfounded. Yeah, totally. And every time totally. I'd get on a Skype call with mum and dad, Anna would be like tugging at me, telling me to shut up because I was... This is what I regret. I was too, too firm. Yeah. Now I realize that not anyone, no one's going to make the decision if you force it down their throat. It has to be done leading the way, guidance. That's how it, yeah. that's how people make decisions. Yeah. And, so and, I do regret that. And I think like we talked about this a little bit on the episode we did, like that initial, you know, few weeks and months where you get all the information for the first time and you, you know, get past the BS and you see the real science and the real studies and all this that we know about health. And then further, like on top of that, when you physically feel the effects of it mm-hmm. in, in, I'd like to get into that too in a second, like, you know, it's right. You, you feel it and then you have the science to back that up and you just, you, you your body starts working in a whole nother way and you're just like, holy shit. You know, and to your point, like in, you know, why we're sitting here today, two guys wondering, why the hell didn't anybody tell us that? You know, why isn't this just known? Hey, if you want to, you know, feel your best and pre- prevent diseases, probably the way you should be eating. Like, why, why don't people know that? And um, especially in today's climate. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we're worst obesity mm-hmm. in history. Yep. Cancer rates are soaring. Yep. Heart disease rates killing the Western world, left, right, and center. You know, it's like the number one killer is heart disease. Yeah. Now I know it's completely preventable and reversible by what you put in your body yeah. on a daily basis. 
And that blew my mind that you can reverse heart disease. Yeah. In, Couldn't in, believe it. In like, you know, I, I come from a family. My dad had open heart surgery in his 30s, you know. And That's crazy. Heart disease is, you know, again, quote unquote, in my family. But what's in my family is the lifestyle we all lead, right? The, the foods we eat every Sunday together as a family, the things we choose to do, like watch a movie instead of spend the day outside. You know, it, it's people think when it comes to heart disease and 98% of cancers that they're not related to your, your, the way you live. And, you know, the more science and everything that comes out is it's not genetics that run in, in the family. It, it's people's lifestyle. Absolutely. And, and that's just the bottom line. And people, you know, deserve to know that. Everybody deserves to know that. And everybody deserves to have the choice to apply that, you know? And, and if, you, if you don't want to apply it, it's cool. Like, you know, that's your choice. But you should, knowledge. when you go to your doctor, you know, that doctor should at least inform you and give you the option, hey, we can put you on the statins. We can put you on X, Y, Z. Or we can, you know, try this over here, you know, uh, tweak some lifestyle factors. Your choice. Maybe we can do both and see if you even need the, the mm -hmm. other thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, it's wild. It's wild. So can, yeah. we, can we get into some of the, like, changes that took place? Again, you're sitting here. I wouldn't – I did not know, like, you're, you know, previ previously smoking and, like, you know, sort of not caring about your health. I just wouldn't have pictured that. Yeah. Because of how good you look now, you know? Yeah, well, so like, tell me, tell I me what find happened. it hard to believe now as well. <laughs> tell me what happened. So over the past, what, three years or so? Two and a bit. Two and a bit, yeah. I, yeah. I remember the date because it's one of my good mates back at home. It's his birthday. Mm. So March 13th, 2016, I watched that documentary, which led to a ton of other documentaries. I remember in one of them, I saw T. Colin Campbell goes on a daily run. Uh, Coldwell Esselstyn um, from the Cleveland cl Clinic mm -hmm. goes on a daily bike ride. These guys are well into their, their you know, 80s. Their 80s. Yeah. Blew my mind. And in an instant, I decided I want to be like that. You know, I loved my grandparents and I wish they were still around. I really wish they were still around. Um, and I just think, yeah. imagine if they had a known. Yeah, and, and, and I mean, that's what it boils down to, right? When, when we talk about the, the health side of things, it's like you're talking about years of, of life, you know, that you're losing with, with family. And, yeah. you know, both my grandfathers are dead. They didn't even see my childhood. Mm -hmm. You know, both of them were dead, you know, in their early 60s. And, uh, like... You know, they, sh they should be around for my kids, you yeah. know, let, al let alone missing out on my life. And, you know, it it's just like, it's such a, like eating is something we just, you know, 99% of people just don't really put much thought into. And you're literally talking about not being around for your grandchildren or, or children or seeing them graduate college. And... You know, or, or maybe not spending the last 10 years of your life on the couch. You know, my grandmother who passed away in the past few years, you know, 
a lot of people in my family argue, oh, she had a great long life. She lived to, you know, whatever it was, 76, 77, right? And, you know, she, but, but the, the 10 years I knew her, you know, when, when I was, you know, from, from, you know, 12 to 20, 22, 23, whatever it was, you know, she wasn't living. To me, she wasn't living. She was on the couch. She was bedridden. She was on a cocktail of medic, like, you know, and, and the argument comes up of, like, when, when we sit here and talk about how this epidemic of obesity and disease um, worldwide, um, you know, a lot of experts will say, whoa, whoa, slow down here. You know, we're, humans are living longer than we've ever lived. The lifespan is, is longer than it's ever been for the human race. Um, and, you know, but the reality is that we're just managing disease longer. We're essentially dying longer than we have. Uh, we're not living longer. And that's what I've seen firsthand with people in my family and especially my grandmother, man. I mean, the last five, 10 years that I knew her, she wasn't living, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's, everyone has their own kind of reason for moving in this direction. Um, and mine was just that, yeah, I could see that there was another way to progress through life. And mm. it started with the decisions I made mm. now. Mm. And the connection of food and, and health, how that did not cross my mind, I do not know, because it's the fuel you put in your body. How simple is that concept? Yeah. What you put in your body determines the outcome of your life. And the way you move on a regular basis. Simple concept. Don't know how it took 26 years of life for me to flick the switch there. But getting back to like starting the plant-based thing. So because it's coming from a health standpoint, um, initially I went full on, you know, zero oil, um, whole food plant-based diet. Um, I think I lost a lot of the, the junk weight that mm. I was carrying. I was actually pretty getting probably the most ripped I'd been before making this decision. And I definitely lost a lot of the junk weight that I probably put on from just eating a lot of saturated fat. Yeah. Um, but the most amazing thing was the cream that I told you about before that they gave me for that, that sore. I never opened that box I never opened it. I've never been someone, you know, even my mum will tell me as a young kid, I didn't even like taking Tylenol. Yeah. We call it Panadol back at home. I didn't even like taking that. So I, I never actually opened the cream, but within weeks, that thing, that sore that I'd had for months, went away, never came back. Yeah. It's like, fuck, that's interesting. I wonder what else could potentially happen. Um, and then the toenail fungal stuff that I, that I had um, is near, I'd say it's 97% gone on its own, just yeah. from what I've eaten. No topical solutions, no drugs to get rid of it, just through food. Yeah. Just healed itself. So that for me, when I started to notice the nails clearing up, that was a real big one for me as well because it's something I've dealt with for years, Mm. you know, and it just starts clearing out. You're like, how the hell is this happening? Yeah. I'm not doing anything. I'm just eating. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, they, they were the two visible things. Again, if, if all of us could see inside of our bodies, mm. I think we'd be pretty amazed at what's going on. Yeah. I'm sure, A, I would have been dumbfounded by the, the crap that was in there and, and the way my organs probably looked and, and might still look that way, you know? I, I abused my body mm. now that I think about it for an extended period of time. It's going to take time to heal that. So I'm sure I'm on the right track now, but um, if I could, yeah, take a quick peek inside, then it, it yeah. would have been pretty scary, I reckon. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and how, about, how about some, like, internal things like what's what's changed from a sort of feeling wise feeling well undoubtedly lighter after meals you know i can still have a big meal post workout post nothing doesn't matter if i have a big meal it's plants i don't have that feeling like i want to sit on the couch Mm. it's a good feeling you know feel energetic um my exercise rate has definitely um, consistently increased over the period that I, that I have been eating a plant-based diet. Um, and over time, again, I came from the health side of things. But, you know, something that I found funny as well, again, looking back, hindsight is a wonderful thing. But I never, never wanted to associate myself in the beginning with being a vegan. I wanted to be a whole food plant-based. I'm like, oh... I'm not doing it because of the animals. I'm doing it because of my health. Um, And I remember going to a, it was like a a vegan seminar at Harvard University. Uh, A girl by the name of Rachel Atchison. She's out of New York doing some really cool things in like the the political game. Mm. Um, She found me on Instagram, Boston vegan or plant-based person and said, hey, are you going to this thing? I'm like, no, I'm not. She got me a ticket. I went, hung out there for a couple of days. And she asked me like, oh, why are you vegan? And I said, oh, purely health. And she was like, huh. Didn't say anything. It was kind of like a, it was a look that was kind of like, oh, really? Yeah. And that was the first time I kind of looked inward about the the whole switch. And from there started learning more about that the animals and how they're treated um, and really making that connection that like you know eating the dead body of a of a sentient being that has been abused tortured and suffered their whole lifetime and to then consume that you know, that can't be a good thing. So whatever you want to call it, karma, energy. Yeah. I don't know, but I fully believe that. Yeah. Fully believe that now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. And, and yeah, I think, I think for some people, like you, you get there in a different way. If you kind of start with, with health and you, you know, just remove it. And then just because you, you're now conscious about what you're eating you become conscious about other things. You know, it's just like you're, you're just, you become sort of accustomed to taking the time to, before you eat or before you buy something or whatever, to just think about it, you know? And, and that's sort of how 
it can open up. Or, you know, if you're somebody that loves the planet and you want to do your part there and you know, you know, getting animal products out of your diet is one of the best things you can do for the planet and you, and you go that route, again, it just, again, makes you think about, and then sort of the, the, the health can creep in that way too. So they're, they're all kind of connected. And at the end, it sort of all comes down to, for, for most people, it comes down to the animals. And that, at the end of the day, is, you know, being vegan. And, um, yeah, man, it's just all connected. It's, for, it's cool. For me, I'm, you know, happy to say now, 100%, you know, for, for the animals, 110%. Yeah. The health and the environment, for me, are byproducts. Mm. You know, to watch, to watch it, I've seen Earthlings. I, I actually got to see Dominion. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. Which is an Australian-based um, film. doesn't really matter where it's based because it happens everywhere. Yeah. But out of Australia, um, I actually put, I chucked in some money to their Kickstarter as well. Um, and at the Worcester Veg Fest not too long ago, they had, I believe it was the first American screening of Dominion uh, in the U.S., and it's brutal what really goes on. And if you can get through an Earthlings film, um, Dominion, I think the UK one, uh, Land, of Ho- Land of Hope and Glory. Yeah, or, yeah, and then, I mean, Cowspiracy. Cowspiracy. Yeah. But if you can get through these films and not come out the other side with a, an, a different opinion... You're not human, man. You know, I'd be really surprised, really surprised because there's nothing that... If I walk into a slaughterhouse, I'm not... I can tell you right now, I'm not going to be hungry. I'm I'm not going to be hungry. And people argue that we're, you know, meant to eat meat. Yeah. Then why isn't it appetizing if you put it in a blender? Yeah. You know, we don't make meat smoothies. Yeah. For a reason. Because it's not appetizing. Right. And when... And when... There, there's no human that when you see a, a, a dead animal that you're turned on by that. Right. You know, if there's deer on the side of the road, it's been yeah. hit by a car. The last thing you're going to do is get into it and, yeah. and like get your knife and fork into it. Literally. Yeah. Like it's, you know, I, I understand it. Look, it takes some time to get um, your perception to shift. And unfortunately that must be how humans are wired because we, we get ingrained in one way of living. We're used to it. And to, to make the change, so it's proving to be tough for, for a lot of people. So yeah. I still have to get in the other people's shoes because I was once there. Yeah. You can't judge. You can only do your best to, to lead by example um, and to at least relay the information. So what I'll do with my Facebook now um, is basically just share posts from people like Earthling Ed, uh, James Aspie, Mm. um, Plant-Based News, um, you know, Cowspiracy, What the Health. I'll just share it. I won't put a caption in, really, um, but it's there for people to click on if they they want. Um, It sparks some debate. I've had some debates on on my Facebook page, which have been really interesting. Um, I've had people... um, verbally say like i've had enough like i'm unfollowing you yeah um and it's fine yeah if 
you know, if you, if you can't, it's probably telling you something as well, isn't it? Like if you can't stomach the information, then why are you literally putting it in your stomach? Yeah. So, so <clears throat> that's, that's a great point. Number one is like, you know, most people can't even, like, as you said, they can't get through, uh, in earthlings, they can't get through a YouTube video that, you know, shows a slaughterhouse. Like most people can't, it's super hard to watch, but every time you eat, you know, that, that is what you're eating and, and contributing to. So question, um, asked us all the time and it's fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. You, you, like, I know people that have seen earthlings and seen cowspiracy and all these mm-hmm. documentaries and they know all three sides. They know the, the health, they know the animal, they know the environmental impact. They are not vegan, right? What do you think it is about people that have all the information that know the facts, right? That have seen all the documentaries that still can't take that information that they agree with and tie it to their, their daily decisions. It's hard for me to, hard for me to give an answer, I suppose. It's, yeah. It's, I, I can only, I can only look back on my experience. So, you know, I used to enthusiastically defend eating animals. I, I used to work with a guy that was a vegetarian um, and I debated that they felt pain. Like, I had no substance to my arguments. I had no research done. So, if I can get in that person's shoes and then sit down and watch Earthlings, Cowspiracy, What the Health, Forks Over Knives... That would give me the the, the, the well three, rounded yeah. well rounded kind of view. I suppose maybe it's just they don't believe it. Yeah, they they think it's just garbage. They they think like like right maybe it's like okay this is this is a sl- one slaughterhouse or this is just a few slaughterhouses like you know my uncle or you know grandfather he raises his cows you know quote unquote humanely humanely and grass-fed and like that's not but again the reality is 95 plus percent of all meat comes from that thing and even if your uncle raises them quote unquote humanely they end up in a slaughterhouse you know they 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 are still bred to to die so you know and people justify it as you're saying they you know they have their justification for it and then on the health side, well, that's a whole different, you know, it's a classic debate, you know, of, you know, the health is so confusing with people and, and the, the mix-up of data. And then on the environmental, people argue that too. And then people get into, like, well, you can't just take jobs away from farmers. And, like, what if these communities don't have, you know, the meat and dairy industries that they live off of? And it's just like, well, it's a freaking industry. And if you're going to do the same freaking thing for 200 plus years and you're not going to adapt to what the consumer wants, you're going out of fucking business. Like, innovate, you know? <laughs> like, you can't just do the same thing. And, and the fact that, you know, here in the U.S. that the government actually supports that is just mind-blowing to me. But I went on a little bit of a tangent there. Yeah, no, follow the money. You know, yeah. follow the money. I think back to the why people wouldn't switch. 
yeah, I, I think a, re- a couple of things it comes down to. Taste, as crazy as that sounds. Like, if, yep. if you get shown the footage of a slaughterhouse, people will still say it, but it tastes good. Yeah, and I could never give up cheese. Yeah. <laughs> that <laughs> stuff, yeah. yeah. But I could yeah. never give up cheese, exactly. Um, and the second thing is that we don't want to take responsibility for the fact that what we've done to our own bodies has bad consequences for our health, the environment, and other beings. We don't want to front that responsibility. Mm -hmm. So I think that's where it really lies, you know? know, Totally, totally. The 55-year-old guy that had a heart attack and dropped dead without any, you know, warning... Ah, you know, know. Like, yeah. did, it runs in the family though it right? runs yeah. in the family <laughs> we, we still can't take responsibility yeah. as family members for, for what's happened mm. you know oh they had cancer bad luck like yeah, it, was bad just, it, was, it was bad luck yeah um, so yeah I, I, I think that's the, yeah, the, the, I, the big thing is the mm. the reluctance to do that um, yeah. but when you're yeah, when you understand and, and you can say every day I have, you know, we, you know, breakfast, lunch and dinner, whatever you want to call it. But every day I have the chance to put things in my body that are going to help me thrive into old age. Exactly. And it's really what it comes down to is, is that... That choice and that, and that responsibility. Yeah. So we've got it. It's just how we use it. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And, and just the, like I always say, like what you put in, like there's no, there's no neutral. There's no neutral food. You're either, uh, you're either or preventing or, or contributing to disease in your body. Yeah. We've all got there's cancer no, cells no middle, floating there's about. There's no neutral food that doesn't no. do either. And that's another you know? thing yeah. I don't think we understand is that like, there's a diagnosis, someone gets cancer. Someone dies of a heart attack. Someone has a heart attack and survives. It's like we think it just happened. No, it's a progression over time. You and I, I'm certain of it, have cancer cells in our body right now. Yeah, and genes. Yeah, yeah. and it's a matter of, uh, I think T. Colin Campbell describes it as turning it off or, or on yeah. based on what we're eating. Um, or letting it breed, or or killing it, yeah, or so, not letting it breed. Um, so yeah. that's what we have to understand. Is it, it's a progression um, over time that leads to these events. Um, totally. Yeah. Yeah. In, in example, I always give is, and I think uh, um, this might be in the book "How Not to Die," one of the better examples. But um, it's like your lawn at your house, right? We all have the seeds in our body for, for disease and cancers and all that, right? If you give it light, if you give it water, it's going to grow. You, cre- you create the environment, in mm-hmm. other words. Like, we all have the seeds. You either provide an environment for those seeds to grow and flourish and overtake your body, or you provide an environment that it doesn't allow it to grow. And, and they're not ever expressed in your lifetime. And, and you know, I argue with people all the time about on the genetic side of things and 
one of the bigger discoveries in the past five to 10 years is epigenetics. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Not at all. But same thing. It's, you can literally turn on and off genes based on diet and lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, just fascinating. Um, and just more proof that your genetic makeup is not the end all be all. And even if you have, you know, quote unquote, a bad genetic draw, you determine if, if that gene is turned on or off by how you live. Um, yeah. Anyway, man, we're, we're getting along. We, I, I could go all day with you. Yeah, but uh, I, I, got two, I got two more for you. Yep. Uh, so to somebody listening that is, you know, wants to give this a shot, wants to maybe take a step towards plant-based, wants to and anything they can do tomorrow morning to sort of head in the right direction. What's like step number one you recommend? For me, it's probably just start making some easy swaps. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of transition foods out there. So it, it probably depends on your current diet and, and, you know, where you're at personally. But I would start swapping out the meat for a Beyond Burger or yeah. an Impossible Burger. Um, there's lots of different other options in the freezer section of, of Whole Foods or Trader Joe's. Veggie burgers, um, you know, even like... Beyond Meat has other products, shredded, shredded chicken, uh, ground beef, garden. Go get some of those. Give them a shot. Add some more vegetables into your diet, uh, more fruits. Um, but yeah, look for those easy swaps. So let's go, let's make it easy. So milk, you're going to swap the cow's milk out for a, a nut milk, a soy milk, a rice milk, coconut milk, something like that. Easy. Easy. Meat. Either a meat substitute or get some tempeh or tofu. Uh, with tempeh or tofu, best to marinate it in, I use myself like liquid aminos, smoked paprika. Yeah, just like marinating anything. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. Use that, chuck it in the oven for a little bit, get it crispy. Um, and then I suppose eggs was the, the one for me. Eggs and cheese were some of the last ones for me. Uh, cheese, there's plenty of plant-based cheeses out there. Go give them a shot. Yeah. Uh, and then eggs, I haven't tried it myself. It's not widespread yet, but Just Foods are coming out with a Just Egg product, yeah. which I think will be game-changing. Yeah. But for me, the eggs, they just had to go. Yeah, totally, totally. So, yeah, look for the easy swaps. If you fall off the, the wagon, don't get yourself down hop back on yeah so you so your approach I've, I've heard it termed more like just just change your menu so like don't don't worry about changing necessarily what you eat so if you have you know a burger for dinner just change the menu to a plant-based burger you know just just uh don't change the plate necessarily just just change the menu and uh so that's cool that's good advice i like that um yeah, dude, we gotta we gotta wrap up here, but uh, I just want to say thanks again for coming. Thanks, Adam. and uh, I'm fired up for for Veg Talk, and we didn't even get into how that all that started, but uh, I'm Don't sure worry about that. I'm sure you'll you'll tell that yep. uh, time and time over once once Veg Talk is up and going. And yep. uh, yeah, dude, I'm just glad we connected. Yeah, no, glad we connected, and uh, this is good. This is fun. Really stoked to to meet you. 
Uh, can't wait for this this place to open up. Yeah, that's gonna be likewise. That's gonna be awesome. I won't catch the wrong train the next time I come down. Yeah, but it, you, you got that out of the way, so yeah. you're not you're not late for dinner. Next exactly. Time, but yeah, thanks for having me. Um, if if you do stumble across Veg Talk, guys, uh, the listeners, go have a look. Um, yeah, it's at Veg Talk on Instagram. At Veg Talk, V E D G E Talk on Instagram. Um, I've had Pat on. He's guest number one. Um, but I've got some more guests lined up and yeah, same mission. I just think by sharing stories, Mm -hmm. sharing other people's stories, you know, everyone's different. So we can all, uh, we can all learn from, uh, you know, from someone else. And I think that's the best way to do it through storytelling. It's, it's gonna, uh, to shape, yeah, the, the transition across to, to a plant-based diet, I think for a lot of people. Totally. Totally. All right, man. One more. Uh, ask this to everybody. Yep. This podcast is called Eat Green, Make Green. I believe that eating plant-based, living a vegan lifestyle puts me in the best position to succeed at whatever it is I do. And whatever my goal is at any particular time is how I define the make green portion of that. So I would ask you right now in your life, what does make green mean to you? Meaning at the end of the day, why do you live a plant-based vegan lifestyle so the eat green is obvious the the make green i think for me right now the make green for me is actually more about getting away from the 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 regular ways of of making money so by working for a company um you know I don't particularly love it. Um, I'm still doing it. Um, so I want to use, you know, uh, I suppose a, a social platform to, to get out there and, and find new ways to make money um, that's sustainable. It's going to help people move forward um, and live longer, healthier lives. Um, so, yeah, I really want to, to, to shift the way I make money and that's happened because of the way I eat mm. because of the knowledge I've I've gained um, I want to shift my life's direction uh, so yeah in short that would be it I think I love it dude yeah cool cool man